All right, welcome back to Fright Central. I'm Doc, and I'm back here again with Keck. And uh, I believe you uh, had a, a recant from uh, our uh, mother uh, episode about the last 30 minutes that you wanted to uh, clarify. Oh, yeah. Oh, you little <laughs> son of a bitch. You didn't mention that when we were talking before. Yeah, um, you're right. Uh, the end of Mother, I um, just lost uh, my time became very convoluted for me and somehow i just misjudged the last half hour as like the last 10 minutes and you were completely right yeah. the it was a full 30 minutes of complete chaos i for some reason felt that it was like half or less than half that time so yeah i was completely completely mistaken about mother the last 30 minutes which equivocates to a third of the movie was complete fucking anarchy it was not the very end i was very mistaken well, thank I, you for yeah, putting I, me on the spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i tried to tell you that i mean that was coming from the director it wasn't just me say it was talking out of my ass about it so yeah, well, i think yeah. i think we kind of had a different like notion of like when things were really out of control yeah like i think you felt true. that things got out of control like totally out of hand before i did for me it was like when like no i mean it was the same it was basically for me it was when people first entered the house when the crowd started coming yeah in. yeah and when that crowd started coming in it was almost exactly one half hour before the movie ended so i was wrong in every sense and you were completely right <laughs> i probably should not have questioned the director <laughs> on his own film but you know what i mean like i don't know sometimes like uh in rick and morty you know when you want to uh sell boxes of cereal you gotta step on the gas sometimes yeah. and you know i felt like the director might have been wrong about his own movie yeah i mean well think? There, there have definitely been directors wrong about uh, movies before, which uh, is yeah. not the case, I think, in the one we're going to talk about today, which is Hellraiser. Yeah. Uh, the 2022 uh, one that went straight to uh, Hulu, which I understand why it went to Hulu, because the last fucking, what, eight of them, nine of them, I, I can't, I, how many, you had a count of how many Hellraisers there were? Yeah, oh shit, I didn't, alright, hold on, um, we're just gonna do, I'm not gonna do the years, uh, Just Hellraiser. do the total count, is fine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven Hellraisers, eleven yeah. Eleven so, Hellraisers. I mean, I only think two of them are really good, but I, I really enjoy Hell on Earth, the third one. Uh, yeah, well, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the first three, obviously. Yeah. Um, I liked Hellraiser Bloodline. Um, I remember uh, there being another Hellraiser after Bloodline that I thought was like watchable, like as bad horror. I think Inferno um, was watchable. Yes, that yeah. is the one. But um, I watched Hellraiser Judgment which is the film previous to this one um, that was from February of 2018. And it wasn't a great Hellraiser movie, but it was watchable. It was entertaining. The story was like somewhat cool. 
the acting was lacking. Um, but the story was kind of cool. It was a different take on the whole Hellraiser thing. And if you are a fan of the Hellraiser franchise, I think it's worth a watch. You know really? what I mean? Okay. It wasn't. I, I, I do. I thought it was like an interesting take, especially the ending. I really did not see the fucking ending coming. Um, There was a bit of a twist at the end. If you are a big time fan of the Hellraiser franchise, I think it's worth a look. But you know what I mean? I would say only for people that are big fans of the franchise. If you let that one slip by compared to how terrible this franchise has become over the years, that one was a vast improvement. Put it that way. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, this one I thought was like the best one since probably the second one, in my opinion. Since uh, the Hellraiser 2 Hellbound? You're going yeah. all the way back to the second 1988? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I completely disagree with that. Um, but I would say that this one is probably the best Hellraiser in the past 24 years. <laughs> yeah. What was uh, what was your last, where would you rank it in your uh, uh, bloodline Hellraiser in space? Uh, I just watched it recently and I thought bloodline was the last good. Well, Good is definitely a very subjective term for the Hellraiser yeah. franchise, but it was the last decent Hellraiser movie I had seen. I thought it beat this one out, even though it was Hellraiser in space, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought that that was probably the um, last decent Hellraiser. But this was my favorite Hellraiser since 1996. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, do you wanna they were all kind of yeah, they were all kind of um, you know, straight to, to uh video after that one. So uh, this one was never gonna make it into theaters, unlike um Prey, which I thought should could have and should have been in theaters, but I also understand because of the last uh Predator movie it was pretty terrible that uh I understand why they released it, but this one was always gonna be released, you know, straight to streaming. I don't think yeah. it's ever gonna get a theatrical, but I would have liked yeah, to see no, it in it wasn't theaters. Yeah, I would have liked to see it in theaters because I thought it was pretty good, and uh, especially compared to some of the the crap I've seen uh, recently, like Smile and uh, and some other ones. Um, you saw Smile. Yes, I did see Smile. Now, obviously, I don't want to get into it because that'll take us on a totally unnecessary sidebar. But in a word, would you describe Smile as? I would describe it no, not in, not in one word, but I would describe it as bad. Uh, I was gonna say bad. Bad, yeah, but uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I would say it's uh, it follows is a better version of uh, this the pretty much a, a very similar story. Gotcha. So, but I thought the marketing was great for for Smile, but I just thought the movie was bad. Agreed. But uh, I didn't see the movie, but I did think the marketing was effective. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, this uh, this new one it, it was um. Sorry, it was directed by uh, David uh, Bruckner. Uh, he did um, The Ritual, Southbound, and uh, Nighthouse, and he did a segment of uh, the original VHS. He did, 
Lighthouse? No, Nighthouse. The Nighthouse. Oh, I, I thought you were saying Lighthouse. I was like, damn, dude, that's a different, that's a fucking yeah. different project. Go from Lighthouse to Hellraiser. Um, um, I never saw Nighthouse. Lighthouse was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th th that came out last year. So uh, he he's like, uh, I, I, I'm not, I've never heard of the director before, but like he's like been entrenched in uh, directing horror for a while now. Yeah, I mean, uh, his Netflix uh, movie, um, The Ritual, uh, was pretty popular. I enjoyed that movie. It had a good uh, yeah. creature in that. It's about, like, uh, guys, like, getting lost in in the woods on, like, a hiking trip. And, you know, they encounter, like, a creature in the woods. Uh, that one was that one was pretty good. <laughs> kind of uh, been done before, but, you know. But it, but it was good, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but hey, yeah. if it was good, it was good. Yeah. That's really all that's important. And uh, this uh, this is kind of a new take on uh, the, well this well we're talking about Hellraiser uh, 2022 now. Um, it was they when they had announced it, it was supposed to be like apparently closer to the the uh, original short story. But his original movie is like ninety percent, you know, the short story. You know, what I mean, it's so close yeah. to the short story as it is. So like, I don't see why you would do that. But uh, and this this one's not at all. Like once you see the movie, you'll realize it's not. Um, this one's about a, a young woman struggling with addiction who comes into possession of the puzzle box, unaware of the purpose, to uh, summon the Cenobites. And um, just to kind of go through it a little bit before I get into my uh, my review, like a deeper review, but it's uh, basically starts out with a uh, like a rich guy, you know, acquiring the box, and he like gets somebody to solve it for him to unleash the you know the cenobites so he can like it, it kind of does like a wish master s, s thing where it like grants him a wish but of course it's you know there's always a, an evil side to that and there's a twist on it and then like years later after that he's gone missing um this woman is you know uh recovering like addict and uh, she comes into possession with uh, with the box through her uh, boyfriend who, like, you know, introduces her to like, hey, we're going to go rob this rich, like, um, warehouse or whatever that nobody guards. And he, uh, she's like, you know, kind of drawn to it. And then she opens it up, but it doesn't cut her. And it accidentally, like, cuts her brother. And then, like, she goes missing and it's her what attempt to kind of recover him. You should just backtrack a little bit. This Hellraiser introduced a new element. And that yeah. is when somebody, and this is captured in the opening scene of the movie, which I really liked a lot. Yeah. Because the opening scene features a guy where if you had no idea what movie you were watching, and you saw the way this guy was dressed and the way this guy's face looked, you would be like, is this a Hellraiser movie? Like, the look of that guy and the club he was in, the environment. Like, if you had no idea what you were watching, you just saw that guy, you'd be like, damn, dude, that guy looks like he's about to be in the Hellraiser movie or something. Like, you would just be able to doubt. I was like, wow, that's awesome. But, like, yeah. the opening scene, you know, you obviously realize that, like, somebody's aware of the box is actively using the box and working with the Cenobites. You know, he references Leviathan and the new feature that um, 
the box has is when I don't know, I guess when you solve a portion, a portion of the puzzle, a knife pops out, like a spike comes out. And if it cuts you, then that basically gives the Cenobites the power to come get you. Yeah. If it doesn't cut you and you fuck with it, it seems to only allow the Cenobites to kind of haunt you. Yeah. Um, but if it cuts you, then you are theirs. Yeah. Like, they're it, never going to stop coming. Yeah. And it's like, but and that's if, if you're in possession of it, it's like, hey, like, if you don't get somebody to like, if you don't pass on the 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 curse of this, you know, pass it to get the blood sacrifice, we're going to take you, but we're going to give you some time to do it. Well, hang on. I don't yeah. want to get too ahead because that's not until the end when she gets cut. When she first messes with the box, the knife pops out the spike, but it doesn't cut her at all. Yeah, no, but and I'm going to talk is... about the beginning still. Yeah. Like uh, when he like point... lets the other guy, you know, take the cut for him. Yeah. He's like, oh, is this going to give me something? And he's like, no, but it's going to give me something. At that point, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not opening this shit then. Yeah. But yeah, that was like, that know. was a bad move that he did. But I was just yeah. saying the new feature is that this spike, if the spike doesn't get you, though, it seems like, you know, you escape from the worst of it. But like, you still don't want to be fucking with the box. No. That was the yeah. main thing, because yeah. it seems like the only way to completely avoid like contact with the Cenobites is to stay away from the fucking box. Yeah. Don't be don't fuck with the box yourself and don't be around anyone else that's fucking with the box. That's been a general theme of all the Hellraiser movies, but this the knife coming out and taking your blood that was a new feature that had never been involved uh incorporated into any of the other hellraiser movies and the fact that the this uh box um does takes different forms and represents yes. different things which i thought was a nice yes. uh cool take to it because like it seemed yeah. very easy in the in the previous movies to like um open the box before and this one it, it was like there's a little it was more of a puzzle box to me and it takes yes forms. yes 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 and each was, configuration I believe, yeah i have the uh, list of the names configurations i uh, think they mentioned how many configurations there were i think it was 13 no there's like seven i'll, I'll go through them uh oh, each there's... configuration has a, a name that each represents circle of hell maybe yeah. no it represents a different desire uh laminate yeah. life lore knowledge Laudrant love, uh, liminal sensation, Lazarus resurrection, and Leviathan power. That was more than seven. No, uh, that's what they they were representing. Oh, like laminate, yeah. laminate means life, or like that's yeah. what represented it. And then the lore was for knowledge. Yeah. Uh, that's all. Yeah, it's only seven. So, and the uh, original guy he had opened up, and he'd want it. Um, like uh, once you oh. get to the Leviathan one, you kind of you get, you're like. Yeah, you get your like wish or whatever, and he uh, and, and it can be any one of the previous, you know, uh, configurations. And he and, and you had to sacrifice seven people in order to get the audience with Leviathan. They yeah. mentioned how many people you had, it was seven. Yeah, I, I thought it was a dozen or something like that. All right, so it was seven people, and then you got your audience with 
god, the Leviathan, yeah, who with the god, yeah. is first featured in Hellraiser 2. Um, and you got to choose one of those gifts, yeah. as they put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, spoiler, none of them are gifts you're really going to want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the original guy chose Sensation because he kind of already yeah. felt he had the other ones. I mean, he didn't need Resurrection, but... He already had knowledge. Yeah, like I, I gotta tell you, like, after seeing what the Cenobites did, because he witnessed pretty much everyone he sacrificed to the box. Yeah. So it's not like he didn't know what the Cenobites did. I would think after witnessing those sacrifices, sensation is probably something I would not pick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, and when you feel me, yeah, when they reveal later on in the uh film that uh, what sensation he uh, uh, gets, it's like, yeah, you would never want that, and that's why he's trying to like uh, get the get this kid to bring him, you know, more victims to open it back up again, so and, he could uh, just he wanted to get off the hook, yeah, he was like, yeah, this is my wish is to just go back to the way things were. I sacrificed another seven people for you. Like, I just want this fucking thing out of me. They basically, what the hell did they shove into his body? I don't know, but it would, like, take his, like, um... It was, it, it was like, it his, was kind of like the insides of a piano, sort that's of. That's kind of what it looked but like, they yeah. were, like, spiral. It was, like, it was like a device that like went right through his body. So it was like a almost like a computer chip coming in one side and out the other. And basically it looked like his nerve endings were attached to little cogs, little gears in this thing. And it was constantly like pulling on the nerves of his flesh, giving him another sensation of pain. Yeah. But it, and he mentions and he was like, but it wasn't enough where he would get numb to it. It would stop yeah. just before he'd become numb to it, and then it would yeah. you know, let him get let him get uh, some relief and then uh, start it back up again. So he's like yep. in constant fucking pain for yeah. like like six years between like when he is, is that how long it was? It was a full six years. Yeah, because they said he had gone missing like six years prior. Oh yeah, and he so. says every. I remember him saying something like, "That's easy for you to say." Every minute for me is like, uh, or yeah, every minute for me is like a lifetime of agony or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I gotta tell you, it looked unpleasant. Yeah, it did. But yeah, so um, she gets the uh the box, which uh you find out later. Spoiler, obviously, we're gonna be spoiling this entire movie, but uh, you find out later that the uh her boyfriend was hired by the uh the rich guy who is now in a lot of pain to uh, get the box and bring it to him. And like, he kind of, you can kind of tell when you like, I'd watched it twice. So I like, you kind of get the hint early on that like, he's kind of up to no good. Cause you can tell right away that like, not only does he not really want the box, but he also believes her like almost immediately too. He's like, yeah, I believe you. And like, that doesn't happen a lot horror movies where like people like believe the person that's being affected by like these demons or, or stuff like that so like, do you mean like you would say like if you like just started like an intimate relationship with a girl 
and she started like telling you like pretty early on that she had a, found a box that opened up a portal to hell, you wouldn't immediately believe her. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. He does kind of take her word. Well, you don't know how long they were dating because the movie like opens up and they're in bed and they're fucking. Yeah. And at the end, like during their session, he says, I love you. Yeah. So I wasn't sure. I thought that meant that they were maybe dating for a while. They were dating for a while, but they definitely met in like a 12-step program. Yeah, they met in the an brother AA, and mentions that's generally it. considered. Yeah. We were actually just talking about AA. And uh, one of the things, uh, you know, that's not just anonymity is that like they really discourage relationships. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's considered to be like um, a red flag. Yeah. for you to start dating someone you met in AA. Yeah, and her brother's like trying to like help her out and and but she's not like listening to any of it and then like he accidentally gets cut by the box when he goes to like look for her. And Yeah, uh, she had done the box and the knife missed her hand. Yeah. And so uh, her brother. There was a lot of like I mean, I guess that was kind of the only accidental fall on it, but <laughs> there was a, a few times where I felt like you know, it was kind of forced cuts to like move the move the yeah. story along, but I didn't feel like it was slow at all. That's for sure. Um, I felt like it was per, it was paced uh, pretty well. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. The one thing I did not like was that like you could take the box, like he did when um the one girl gets uh trapped in his like eccentric house. You know how the walls had like secret corridors in them and stuff he had um the eccentric guy that you see in the beginning the rich asshole who started all this with the box he had the vine he had um he had designed the house to yeah to to trap the the, the and it, the yeah. house was sort of like um it's a, a bigger box. A resemblance to the yeah. box yeah yeah and it had different corridors and he had different like like trap bars that could come down he had sort of like designed this place like as sort of like a tool to work with the box basically yeah. well it was no, also no. to trap the um yeah the cenobites, the, the or, cenobites or, in yeah. there you yeah. really think that that like why would you possibly after seeing these things and what they do you really thought you could control the cenobites like yeah. i gotta tell you <laughs> Who on the fucking planet? I'm I'm saying like it's not like they come on easy. They come on strong right away. So your first ever encounter with them is just chained anyone out of is nowhere. gonna think like, yo, yeah. I'm never trying to fuck with you. Yeah. But like that guy saw them and was like, I don't know, maybe like he underestimated them because the um leader of the Cinnabites in this one is a female. So maybe they were trying, like, he was like, oh, like being sexist or something? Like, you appear female. I think he so, definitely like, I trust, like, yeah, I would never fuck with them. He definitely did his research because, in the, like, it, it opens it up with, like, him sending someone to go buy the box from somebody and he's built that house. So he's definitely yeah. done his research on them. Oh, um, yeah. Well, he has an idea. He's probably never seen it yet. But he yeah. definitely believes it. And then he he has like um an Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade style journal. 
that he had made where he yeah. has like illustrations. Like, so yeah, this guy had been researching the box for quite some time. Yeah. Before, before he acquired it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess he thought he could control it by building that house. And, and how would he but... think he could control it though? Like everything you researched would have pointed you towards, you never ever want to fuck with these things. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think that the only was the conclusion of everyone. Yeah, I think the only reason like I would acquire the box would be to put it in the deepest part of the ocean. You know, what I mean? like would not yeah. be to open it at all, or like give it as a gift to my worst enemy. <laughs> like that would be it. And I wouldn't. And if I was going to send it as a gift, I would send someone else out to go to the far side of the world to pick it up and then mail it for me i would never even want that box on the same continent with me yeah like you know what i mean like i want that box to always be as far away as possible i want to have as little to do with the cinnabites in reality as possible yeah absolutely <laughs> that's the only <laughs> yeah. thing so the only way i would fuck with the box would either be to be the one to put it away like drop it into a volcano or something or like you know what i wouldn't even want to come in contact with the box so like i wouldn't need somebody else to drop in a volcano <laughs> yeah maybe but like i don't know my main thing is like if i had known about the box everything on earth would scream to me the one thing you want to do with the box is to never be anywhere near the box yeah and if you knew about what comes from the box the cinnabites the only thing other than not wanting to fuck with the box would be not wanting to fuck with the Cinnabites. Yeah. So it's especially when like, you first open it and you've cut somebody and like the chains just come out of nowhere and then just start tearing people's flesh apart. Like yeah. you'd be immediately be like, yeah, I'm not fucking. <laughs> yeah, if that happened to me, like somehow, like I was around the box, I saw that happen. The Cinnabites came to me and were like, hey, Cack, you know what I mean? Like, what do you desire? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would just be like, like the girl said in the film, I want nothing from you. Like, that was the only thing you could do is like, say, I want nothing and bounce. Yeah. And yeah, so this whole, the whole film was kind of a uh, about addiction and what yeah. you do to like hurt people when you're addicted to something. And then in the yep. end, she kind of, you know gets to the point where she's like no like i've accepted like i have to deal with my own consequences and then they're like yeah, yeah you now it's like you've chosen a life of of, of uh regret regret and, and pain i kind of was getting hints of uh like um the five stages of grief as well but i'm not quite sure if they all all five were there because like when she loses her brother she she you know she kind of goes through like the depression and like bargaining and like in the end it's like a accept, a acceptance and stuff like yeah. that but it was definitely more about uh, addiction and, and stuff like that which I, I thought was uh was really i mean they're all all the movies in in some way or another everyone is addicted to something something you know what i mean but like yeah. this was like more straight up about like drug and alcohol addiction yeah well or, or just, just addiction, addiction in general yeah uh you know gambling or it compulsion, compulsion you know yeah. it's really about like what like drives you but yeah um addiction or dependency upon something yeah and um you know i as a movie overall i didn't think it was like very good um 
but like I said, compared to the other Hellraisers, this one was a shining star. Yeah. So I, I, I liked had, it as a as a as a movie overall. Uh, did you recognize any of the actors from things that you had previously seen? Because I did not. No, not at all. So I thought. Oh, that was... I'm sorry. Excuse me. Let me correct that. The woman from the very beginning that purchases the box. Oh, the lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the woman, I can't remember what her name in the movie was, but she actually um, has a substantial role in HBO's uh, show Succession, oh, okay. where she's Logan Roy's um, actual, well, wife, um, playing it loosely. But if you know the show, you know what I'm talking about. So she actually is like a pretty famous actress I've seen before, but she has a rather small role yeah um she's not on camera very much otherwise i didn't really recognize any of these actors as um you know people i've seen before so it was sort of a new cast to me i thought the acting was pretty decent yeah um overall i liked what they tried to do with the story like we just explained about addiction and all that I'm not sure if it was executed very effectively from just like a directorial standpoint and like the screenplay, but I liked where they were trying to go with the movie. And if you are a fan of the Hellraiser franchise, I think that you would have probably come to the same conclusion that we did, that this was one of the better Hellraisers in yeah. the last I say like 24 20, yeah. years. Yeah, sounds about right. Since yeah. 1996, this was the... Oh, I'm sorry, that's 26 years. Excuse me. Jesus, I yeah. was I was off by two years. Um, So in the last 26 years. So we're pushing three decades. Yeah, well, uh, how did you uh, feel about the designs of the Cenobites this go-around? Because they don't do the leather uh, this, this time, and it's more yeah. of a natural, like... I like I kind of like the costume. I think it could have been a little bloodier um, in in some scenes, but I liked the fact that it was like it was their skin you mean, that you was mean stretched. You mean you thought like sir, some of the scenes should have been more gory? No, not more gory, but you know, like the costumes aren't. They're not wearing like leather. It's their skin that's been like peeled over into different forms over well, top of themselves. And I think when you're they're showing some of the fleshier parts, I think that could have been a little bloodier in some scenes but overall yeah. i really like that i don't know how in hellraiser bloodline um the one female cinnabite she has the skin pulled like from her scalp her her the top of her skull yeah. is like open and that her head is peeled and like um it's kind of like a hairdo where there's like wires that are like attached to her shoulders and they're peeling the skin off from the top of her head. So like, she's kind of like got like this weird, like skin sombrero thing going. And the uh, two of the Cenobites in this, and one thing we should note that I don't think was ever, there's always been female Cenobites in the oh, yeah. other Hellraiser movie. Well, some of them featured female Cenobites. Some of them only featured male Cenobites. But um, there's been female. But in this uh, Hellraiser, the leader of the gang was a female Cenobite. The, the, I don't uh, Hell think. Priest. Well, it's a. It was a trans actor, yeah. uh, Jamie Clayton, and it's closer oh, I, to. I, I, 
it, it, it appeared to be a theme that I don't yes, want to get it, in trouble with. Well, yeah, trans it's a, it's a, it's a trans. Yeah, you, <laughs> but you, you were correct. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a female. But I just yeah. want to point out that like it is closer to the original story, as it like the uh, Hell Priest is an androgynous, like sexless character. So I thought that like her casting for it was was kind of perfect for it. And I thought they the also they illustrate that in Bloodline. Yeah. I like um, I really like the voice they did for her too. They added like a an, an extra like vocal uh, thing to her voice, and I thought that was really well done too. Yeah, and she, and she um, said the line, "We have sights to show you." <laughs> yeah, and in um in Hellraiser Bloodline, which I just watched, so I keep referring back to, but when Pinhead is released in this, and he sees the demon that had been released two hundred years earlier, he goes to her Angelique, and she's referred to by Pinhead as Princess. So she's one of like the leaders of the domain of hell. Yeah. So like he addresses her as royalty. So yeah, I mean, I, I like that touch that they brought one of like, uh, you know, it was a new take because I had never seen like the female leader of the gang, but I thought that this did a really good job in the context that you just said. Yeah. She was like one of the queens of hell. She was yeah. one. Well, they, you know, it's interesting. Because well, there was a theory. There was a normally mentioned uh, hell right away. Yeah, they say yeah. travelers. Yes, um, there is a theory that um, that the new hell priest is um, or priestess, whatever you want to uh, call her, uh, is that it's actually Christy from the original series. As, really yeah well i mean it's just a it's just a fan theory but it was like oh, they kind of go yeah. into like how she showed up later in the movies and i forget which other one she had showed up in but she'd uh you know um and then she's in the comics as well and it was kind of based like from the comics that like she became like the uh, a cenobite at, at one point and like the, the oh really and the I theory was like and yeah, i was like oh I that's like yeah yeah, I was yeah. reading about that, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool theory. Like, I, I didn't read the comics. But, well, uh, we won't know until there's another movie, until there's a sequel, if yeah. they decide to go. But I loved her. I had such a crush back on, oh, on yeah. her when I first saw the Hellraiser movies. And I saw her in some other... She did something with, like, Cuba Gooding Jr., and she's done, like, a couple other movies that are, like somewhat on the erotic side so i always had like a big crush on <laughs> yeah. her ever since i saw her in the original hellraiser i always had a crush on that actress but that would that would be very very interesting because i believe the last time she's featured as christy in one of the hellraiser movies was in hellraiser in 2002 i think it was hellseeker Okay, I believe yeah. that that's where it was, but that's the last time that I believe her character was in the Hellraiser movie. So yeah, that would be yeah, that would be very very interesting if they if made they decide it to, to go that, that route. Movie. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a cool fan theory. I thought I'd uh, yeah share yeah with you. yeah yeah I like that. But yeah, I mean overall, like I said, this was in my opinion the best Hellraiser in the last twenty six years. Um, they they definitely had a vision. You know what I mean? Like they had a cool story. Um, yeah, I mean I would say overall, based on the last almost three decades, uh, I thought that this was a, a definitely a good reboot of the franchise. Yeah, well, I, I hope they go is... more in this direction. 
Yeah, and uh, what I liked about it was it's not just like a reboot or a remake. It could also be, you know, a sequel. It could also take place in that world. It's just the box was the only thing that was really different about it. But you yeah. could still, you could still. I, I just meant, I just yeah. meant that this could be like sent, uh, rebooting a franchise to send it in a new oh, direction. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, to reinvent Hellraiser. Yeah, because I, I think it's I a think... good way to go. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, especially with all like the crazy, like religious stuff that's going on in our society right now. Like, I, I think that this, I think that these stories should be told more frequently. So, like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I positive reviews. Yeah, two thumbs absolutely. up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope this one uh, does well enough that the next one maybe gets, a, even if it's like a limited theatrical run, would be nice. So, so yeah yeah we're you know was, um i hope that this one did well enough and attracted like well enough ratings so that the next one they maybe get like um like some a little bit like um more known talent um maybe a larger budget and you know that would of course um increase its chances of getting a theatrical release which yeah. i hope for as well so yeah. but all right. Well, uh, yeah, that about does it for uh, Hellraiser 2022. It's available on uh, Hulu now. You can go watch it. Uh, I don't think we've uh, spoiled too much of it. I mean, definitely spoiled some things, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely worth a watch regardless. Yeah, uh, so. you should. Yeah, you should definitely see it. And, you know, spoilers are to be expected here. So, you know, yes. yeah. if, if you're spoiled and you're pissed, pissed off, then fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you should definitely you should definitely check it out. And uh, you know, thank you guys for joining us. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Later, Peace. buddy.